0: Faster than a Garrett Cole for Seamer. More powerful than Aaron Judge. Able to leap over arbitration with a single bound. Look up into the sky. It's a bird. Oh, it's a home run. No, it's the Super Twos. Baseball, Arbitration, and the American Way. Welcome to Baseball Biz, where we cover the business and the sport of the great American pastime, I'm Mark Carpet, your host, with co-host Brandon Noe. Today we'll discuss the nature of arbitration, Super 2s, and the tender deadline. That is tender, T-E-N-D-E-R, not tender the dating service. Although, <laughs> I'm sure there's some similarities. I mean, we're looking at two parties who are negotiating on whether or not they want to hook up. Well, there it goes, Brandon. Here we are, man. December 2nd has come and passed, and so has the non-tender deadline. What's your take when you first look at this?
1: Well, there was a a lot of action very quickly for something that we honestly really snuck up on us, and we really didn't know anything about until what felt like the last minute.
0: Well, that's kind of how it evolved, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of spooky when you think about it it's, we have the regular baseball season. We, we get all involved with everything with, you know, the world series. Thank goodness. That's the most exciting thing you have. But then you say, what happens after that? Well, you you hear there's going to be a winter meetings when all the owners and the the general manager, everybody's going to get together. And we know that there's some negotiating going on, but we didn't, a lot of us didn't know necessarily that, uh, there is a non-tender deadline. And, And basically, we're kidding there a moment ago about what tender being not a dating service, but it is indeed people trying to agree on something. One of the things is that every team at this point is allowed basically a 40-man roster before they have to narrow it down during the regular season to about 26. You know, Some of those guys are going to go down to minor leagues. Some of those guys are going to get traded. But the non-tender deadline means, okay, of the guys who I have on my 40-man roster right now, I'm either going to sign a contract with them already. I'm going to tender them an offer, but I have to do it by December second. Or, I possibly I could have last week said, "I'm sorry, you're designated for assignment. You're we're, we're letting you go." Or just wait till December second and not put a contract out there, and that becomes a non-tender.
1: I mean, I'm no expert on you know the behind-the-scenes baseball, the business side of it. That's what year four, obviously. But is the tender, is it like the franchise tag in the NFL where if you're given it, you have to take it? Or is it something that you can say, Hey, I don't really like this. I don't really like these terms. And then you end up going to arbitration.
0: Well, that's, that's a good question. And I can't address the NFL, but I will tell you this, that the tender agreement is just that it's saying, Hey, I am tendering you a contract. I'm, it's not an agreement. I'm tendering you a contract. I am interested in having you with my team. Here is my offer to you. Now, if I am the team and you are the player, you actually have till February for you and I to get together on a, pri- on a uh, salary. Now, whatever those terms may be in that tender. So by then, hopefully we will have all that you know nailed down. If not, we'll go to arbitration. And that means a third party comes in, listens to both of our sides of why we think we should make which one, you know, so you're coming to me and saying, well, Mark, you know, I've been at bad, I've been doing uh, here, I've been here four years with a team and I'm thinking instead of you paying me 500,000 a year, you need to be paying, paying me about 2 million a year for what I'm doing at, at the plate and on the field. I say, you know, we love you, Brandon, but we think you're worth this as a four year player. And that's like 1.25 million. Well, that's where it goes back and forth, where we're talking about from the time it's been tendered to when there's actually an agreement. And in between, you know, that's a lot can happen. So I'm not saying it's going to last all the way to February. I mean, as a matter of fact, even though we had the non-tender deadline yesterday, a lot of of different teams have already signed their players just the same week. They've already got them with an agreement. The contract's been tendered
1: and it has been signed. That makes much more sense. I knew what, like arbitration. I knew what that was. I just never really knew like how they like, got to it. So the tender deadline was just something I never paid attention to because I didn't know how it worked.
0: Well, you know, most of us are fans, and why would we care? <laughs> it's like I want my team. I want my players, and I don't really care if you're uh, what what you're paid or what you're not paid. I'm I'm more interested that you keep my guy there. You know. And the our, our mind is like, why is that person still there? Why do you still have this guy on your team? He doesn't need to be there. You only have so much room on your, on your roster. Get rid of him so you can trade and get somebody else.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much how I think.
0: We, I was looking at something, too, the other day with the Rays Radio blog, and I thought they did an excellent job in taking a look at why somebody would tender a contract, why an organization would tender a contract to a player or not. And, you know, you're going to tender a contract if you believe, one, that that player has value. You know, you that there's something there that you think that they've done fantastic. Or two, maybe you're looking at it and you're saying, hmm, yeah, you know, I can get them for like a million point two five. But I think I could trade them somebody else maybe later for like two and a half millions worth of, of uh, other players. Or maybe expect that much more. So there's that. You know, are there the others saying, well, I know they had a tough year. They had Tommy John surgery and they're slowly coming back. So these are different factors that a team is going to think about before they actually really make a decision.
1: So it's kind of like a cheaper alternative to going through the the free agency route.
0: Yeah. And here it is too. When we're talking about tendering a contract – This is for people who aren't free agents. Here's the other thing, is if I don't tender you a contract, yes, you are automatically free agent at that point. I've basically cut you loose. So, you know, you could be out there with four years of experience, but at the major league level, you know, normally you have to go six years before you're a free agent. But I guess in many ways, if I cut you loose, it's up to you to go ahead and negotiate with some other team
1: if they'll take you that makes much more sense now that I've actually had to explain to me. instead of this fancy words that this, the glossary and everybody else seems to put out there.
0: Well, we got to make it as interesting as possible. <laughs> you know, there's, I've, I've tried to go through the entire collective bargaining agreement, which is like 300 plus pages between MLB and ML, you know, in the players association, but I got dizzy after a while. <laughs> and I'll probably take that up when I'm maybe going to spend a, you would think this is probably the best time to do it during COVID. Just so I can just nestle down inside of the house and board with nothing else but Netflix actually sit down and read the entire bargain agreement. But the thing of it is uh, a couple of things we, we talked about and one of them was designated for assignment. Then we're talking about the tender deadline, you know, when the contracts have to be tendered. So that's good. It means something's not completely being drawn out. Here's a date it has to be done. And we were talking about, who is actually eligible for arbitration as opposed to already having a contract for one year or multiple years. And what that is, as we've said before, as soon as you step up to the majors, you begin a six-year journey to becoming a free agent. Now, here comes a little extra something, something. And that is that first three years, you don't really get any arbitration whatsoever. You are there at the basically the minimum wage, what five hundred sixty five thousand I believe it is. Heck of minimum wage you and know, I talked about before, but you know five hundred sixty five thousand, and at that point comes the fourth year, where the pre arbitration can begin. What we're looking at at that point is we talk about you think you're worth five, and I say you're worth two point five or whatever it may be the difference. That's when it comes to play. However. However, now you may remember this before with with Chris Bryant. You remember when we were talking about his eligibility, because it's not just flat three years you were in the majors. It was like, was it like 170 some odd days? I can't think of it exactly at the moment that you actually had to be on the team for that year. Even though there's only 162 games, you had to be assigned at the major league level for over 170 days. Chris Bryant came up short a couple of, of days of something of that.
1: Didn't he, like, sue or go to, like, a a hearing or something for that to try and get the extra couple of days so he can get to the Super 2?
0: Yeah, he did, and I think they worked all that out. But here, the Super 2 is this. It is that guy who's been there for two, almost three years, and instead of getting that extra, whatever takes, 170-some-odd days, there's 22% of people who are just short of that. Who are given the opportunity to be at three years. So that means that I think last year it was like one year and excuse me, two years and 155 days, something along those lines. And then another year, I think it went down as low as 130 some odd. I I don't know what that's going to be this year. I thought we'd have some information on that because with a 60 game season. Obviously, none of that makes sense. So I'm thinking they're going to, have to do a ratio of that down, probably something like 70 days. But that's what a super two is. That means where we're talking about people for the first six years as a major league baseball player. After the first three, they can they can go ahead and get into arbitration and negotiate with the team. And super twos, they can come in just a little earlier because they were just short of three years.
1: So it's basically like, hey, you were close enough. We'll just give it to you.
0: Kind of, kind of, you know, they had to set some kind of bar on that. So the Players Association, MLB, came up with that and said the top twenty-two percent of those
1: people who were just beneath that threshold would be able to come up. Man, MLB doesn't need all these fancy explanations. We we just dumped it down right there.
0: Well, you know that's
1: what we do—is we dumb it down on baseball <laughs> biz.
0: Yeah, whether by by uh, actually intent or not.
1: But Leave it to us to dumb it down.
0: There you go. There you go. So yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, so let's take a look at what's actually happened on December second with the non-tender deadline. Who was tendered? Who was actually given the contract? And who said, you know, guys, we love you very much, but eh, we're going to let you find something else. So. Let's go ahead and we'll kind of run down some folks here. Let's let's start out. We'll do it alphabetically here. Start with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, this year, they had three players who would have met that criteria as far as being arbitration eligible. And let's see, the ones they did a non-tender with. Nope, none, none. They actually signed, or at least tendered to contract to, uh, catcher Carson Kelly, and then uh, Caleb Smith and Luke Weaver, a couple of pitchers. So that's where they are. Let's see the Braves. The Braves. Outfielder Adam Duvall, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, he was coming off a, I think, a sixteen homer season in fifty seven games, but he's now a free agent. Maybe it was a matter of what they thought they were going to come together with on money. Take a look at the Orioles. Hanser Alberto, his second baseman, he's, so the, uh, he's the only one I think they did not tender a contract to. And let's see. I think they also received a couple of minor leaguers with because, yeah, a uh, couple of minor leaguers from the Angels. Those are, there were some other trades going on. Now they're at 32 in their roster. If we take a look at the Red Sox, they had seven players. Who were eligible for arbitration. And of uh, the ones that were non tendered, none. So basically they're they're pleased with who they got. And I wasn't sure how they were going to do this year with that or not since they had such a fantastic year. Let's see uh looking here let's see who all were those people. The ones that they did offer contracts to were let's see pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, Matt Barnes. Ryan Brazier, Austin Bryce, and Ryan Weber. And then also their catcher, Kevin Plowacki, and third baseman, Raphael Devers. So, of the seven that were uh, arbitration eligible, all of them were signed.
1: And the Red Sox, they had a great year last year. So, I, I think they should prioritize keeping that team together.
0: Yeah, they kind of surprised me, too. You know, it's like, uh, I know they got Alex Cora back, but you still got to have something on the plate to serve up. And I don't care who the chef is. So we'll see. And okay, the Chicago White Sox always everybody's favorite. And let's take a look at what's happening with them. Uh, let's see, us oh, hmm. They got a one-year deal with Jace Fry, Mazzara, right fielder, twenty-five. See, he was acquired in trade with Texas in December of last year, for, but I think they're letting him go too. And then we'll get to the Cubbies. I see. I think you got some information more on them too. Yeah, the Cubs made some...
1: They were one of the big teams. Looking at non-tenders, of course, you know, bigger name, bigger attention with it. And a lot before the deadline, I was seeing that Chris Bryant, you know, he'd possibly not be tendered. They let him go, possibly. But they ended up tendering him a contract. And they ended up letting go Kyle Schwarber, Jose Martinez, Albert Almora, and Ryan Tapera. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. And... You know, Martinez, he wasn't very good with the Rays. He was horrible <laughs> with the Cubs. He went over 21 with six strikeouts, and he was getting paid $2 million. So that's a lot for no production. And Almora, he had only 30 at-bats, but he also only had five hits. So he didn't really contribute much either. And then looking at Schwarber, it kind of surprised me that they let him go. I mean, he's only 28, and he was going to earn around $8 million this coming year. And last year he hit 11 homers, 24 RBIs, only had a 188 batting average, but a 308 on base percentage and 701 OPS. And he averages about 36 homers, 82 RBIs, and about a 230 batting average, 336 on base percentage, 816 OPS. So, I mean, that's a guy I'd be willing to take a chance on, especially because he's a lefty. I believe his best or only said if he wants to win a championship and get paid a little bit more and rebound his career. I mean, i go to the Yankees because I mean, they have that short portion, right? Imagine how many homers he would hit there. Oh, wow.
0: Oh, wow. That's, and that's insightful because that's, there's no doubt. You, you look at some of these, and you say you tender them or you didn't tender them. And, and Chris Bryant was a lot of people. A lot of people were saying, Oh, they will most definitely tender Chris Bryant. So I was a little surprised when to see he was there. Like you, I wasn't surprised like Jose Martinez. You know, we've seen how he's done in the past, and he has been suffering the last couple of years, so that wasn't a big surprise
1: there. There were a couple of guys when I was reading through all this stuff that looking at them and it's like, why would you let this guy go? Because I don't really know a whole lot about some of these teams, but it's like, why would you let that guy go? He's really productive.
0: You and I both, we've been checking all the daggone media and everything coming up with what everybody's saying, all the – even two or three days ago, some people were projecting as many as 75 players would be non-tendered, 75. And it was only, I think, 59. They thought it was 60, and then there was a trade made at the very last moment that wasn't reported. So there was only 59. So it is interesting to see what happens when these careers, these people that were not tendered, who are free agents now. Will they, like you were talking here with this pitcher, will they be going somewhere else like the Yankees? Where where will they be? So I'm I'm very curious about seeing that as well. And and then, you know, one guy we won't get completely to him, but with the Reds, we're talking about Trevor Barr, and we see what happened with them. I mean, let's see the Reds here. I think they just tendered uh Kyle Farmer. And he's a what he's a utility player out there. Let's see who there was were there a couple others there as well?
1: Um, There's Brian Goodwin, Archie Bradley, R.J. Alonis, and Kurt Casale.
0: Any there any surprises there? Do you, do you say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that"? But,
1: um, well, looking at Archie Bradley, you know he had his best year last year. He had a 2.95 ERA, 1.09 WHIP, 18 strikeouts, and 18 in the third innings. And he didn't start off so great with the Diamondbacks. He had an ERA around four. But then when he came over to the Reds, that's when he really caught fire. His ERA went with the Reds was down around one. So that brought his ERA down. And over his career, he has a 391 ERA with a 1359 whip. And that seems like kind of like a guy. You know, you could bring him in on the cheap because he was non-tendered. And, you know, you bring him in. If he works out, great, you got him for cheap. And if he doesn't. Oh, well, he didn't work out. At least you got him for cheap. Yeah. So kind of like what the Rays do with a bunch of guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and just
0: as we were saying, you know, if they don't work out, what kind of trade can you work with them later on? Would they be, you know, another player to be considered later? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, if we move on from the Reds to the Cleveland Indians, they had a total of seven players who were arbitration eligible. Of those... Let's see, one, two, three. Three players I see that they non-tendered. That was Jeffrey Rodriguez. He's a right-hand pitcher for them. And then also a couple of outfielders, Tyler McQueen and uh, Delino DeShields Jr. So that's who they had. And surprisingly not. They tendered contracts with Francisco Lindor, Austin Hedges, Nick Whitgren, and Phil Maton. Really? Francisco Lindor? <laughs> yeah, he he's a legend. Basically, you're not going to have you're not certainly you have him tendered a contract. So let's move on to the Rockies then. And of theirs, they tendered. Let's see, one, two, three. Outfielder David Dahl, right hand pitcher Chichi Gonzalez, and Tony Walters. And let's see, Dahl was they were looking at him. He was projected to make oh about two point six million, according to MLB trade rumors. He's in his third season of arbitration eligibility, and Wolfers was projected at $2.05 million, Gonzalez for $1.2 million in his first year of arbitration. So the Rockies sound like, you know, they're they're trying to be a little, uh, well, conservative. And if you look at Dahl, I mean, while he was the 10th overall pick by the Rockies in 2012, you know, that was a few years ago. He made the all-star team, you know, he did a few other things, but He's also had some injuries, and you can well imagine any player who's been in the league since two thousand twelve certainly will have had some injuries. Well, let's move on to the Tigers. If we look at the Detroit Tigers, they had nine nine players, okay, who could have been non tendered, but but here they are. New coach, excuse me, new manager, A.J. Hinch, and. I guess they don't, they're don't. they not looking for any other change because they're going to keep. I mean, they've tendered contract to each and every one of them. That includes people like Buck Farmer, Nico Goodrum, Jacoby Jones, and Daniel Norris. I mean,
1: just a few. One of those guys is Matthew Boyd. And I've heard a lot of him being thrown around a lot. I remember last year, not 2020, but 2019, he was like a big trade candidate. So, I'm, and they couldn't trade him because they were asking like for the moon for him. And I'm wondering if they tendered him a contract now and he's going to be like a trade candidate for them this year.
0: Well, that would make sense. And I mean, if he if has value, you would think there'd be something more with that. But uh, like I said, we, we were talking earlier. One of the reasons they may tend to contract is value, not just to themselves, but what they think thinking they can get with them somewhere else. Okay, let's see. Astros, I don't have as much on here. But I know that they did tender contracts to Carlos Correa, uh, infielder Diaz and right-hander Lance McCullers Jr. Yeah, Lance McCullers Jr., I'm not surprised. Let's see. Let's see. Earlier this offseason, they did go ahead and outright Roberto Osuna. And many would say he was the most – Notable non contender candidate there was out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm with Astros, I'm always just going to kind of move on. So,
1: did they tender a contract to the outfield camera and dugout trash can? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm sure that was a, a big part of it too. I mean, we, the, these guys were certainly recipients of our last week's Goofy Gobbler Awards on several occasions. So, yeah, that would have been <laughs> one of them. So Moving on, we got the Kansas City Royals. And I know you got a little bit more information on that. So why don't you go ahead and take that?
1: All right. So they let go, guys. Bubba Starling, Eric Maja. I believe that's how you pronounce it. If, I, if it's not, I apologize. Jason Guzman. I apologize if I pronounce that wrong as well. And Mikhail Franco. And... I said earlier, one of the guys. There are some people going through this that I was really surprised. It was like, why would you let that guy go? He looks really productive. And this guy is one of them. And he's a third baseman. And he was non-tendered by the Phillies last year. And he went to the Royals after that. And now he's getting non-tendered again. And he is projected to earn between four and a half and eight million in his final year of arbitration eligibility. And Kansas City. They looked at it as a low risk high reward signing him and he went um, last year he hit 278 with 321 457 with eight home runs and 38 rbis and only 243 plate appearances and over his career he averages 25 homers 86 rbis 252 batting average 304 on base percentage and a 737 OPS. So, honestly, this is a guy I would love to bring in, especially because it's going to be low risk, high reward.
0: He was hmm, four and a half to 8.5 million. And correct, he he was he tendered a contract? I misunderstood the beginning of that.
1: Um, he was with the Phillies and he was non tendered. And then he ended up going to Kansas City. And
0: with Kansas City, was he tendered this year?
1: No, he was non-tendered.
0: It's interesting to see because I I think that that kind of record for that um, kind of results he's been churning up definitely is going to keep him as a valuable player.
1: Yeah, I'd love to pick him up, especially if I need a third baseman or a hitter. I'd love to take him.
0: Okay, moving on to the L.A. Angels. They had seven players. That were arbitration eligible, and Bing 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 Bing. I think they've actually let's see. Look at they non-tendered five right-handers, <laughs> and uh, uh, no, a total of five, right? four right-handers and one left-hander. The right-handers: Justin Anderson, Matt Andres, You know, that's a name. Rays fans are familiar with. And I look at some of these wonderful. We'll see maybe them come back here. Canaan uh, Middleton, Hansel Robles, and left-hander Hobie Milner. So Matt Andresi, I'd love to see him come back, maybe to the Rays. We'll see how that works out. But those folks were given a non-tender from the Angels.
1: Hey, the Rays could use another pitcher and he'd be cheap. Exactly. So it seems like a match made in heaven. Exactly.
0: So that that's how that went with them. Let's see the the Dodgers. World Series winning the Dodgers, they had six folks that were arbitration eligible. Now, how many do you think that they uh, they non-tendered?
1: see. They had six that were eligible. I'm going to go with – they signed everybody. They're going to go the Boston route and bring everybody That's back. right.
0: <laughs> and, and they've got reason to. I, I can't speak for Boston, but the Dodgers certainly <laughs> had reason to. I mean, who would non-tender a World Series winning team pl- player? You know, there, there would have to be something crazy going on. So – Great, great, great team. I mean, it's it's amazing who they've got. It's amazing what they did. So, But it's not amazing that there were no changes. Wow. Speaking of another team that made it to the postseason, but you can get as far as I think a lot of us like to see, and that was the Miami Marlins. And I'm going to let you pick that one up too. I mean, these guys had, what, I think eight arbitration-eligible
1: players. Yeah, they had eight ar- ar- arbitration eligible pitchers, and they let go of, or they did not tender Ryan Stanek, who was with the Rays and has really seemed to have fallen off ever since he was traded in Miami with the Rays. He had a three fifty five year ERA, and is roughly year year and a half with the Marlins. ERA went up to six, his ERA is six oh three with them, so taking a bit of a dip in production ever since he left Tampa Bay.
0: I was reading. Yeah, I know. And I loved Ryan Stanick. I love the whole idea. He created that role as opener, you know, Kevin Cash and he put that together where he, when he was playing with the Rays at the beginning, bang, 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 bang. And initially I was surprised when the Rays did trade him, but you know, they did. And maybe they saw something a lot of the rest of us didn't. And looking at the Marlins too, one of the names I kept hearing pop up time and time again is, that, well, you know, one guy they will non-tender, and that will be Jesus Aguilar. Well, surprising not that he, not only was he tendered a, on a contract, he actually came to an agreement before the non-tender deadline. So that was, you know, that was something, too. And they, they've they actually, what, uh, retained two first basemen with this, arbit, um, let's see, through this deadline, and that was... Jesus Aguilar and Garrett Cooper. So not surprisingly, you know, Jesus Aguilar, I think he brings a lot of positive energy to the team. I mean, this year, he's going to be making $4.35 million. Wow. So he obviously has some value to them. And Garrett Cooper, the other first baseman, is going to be making $1.8 million. So congratulations to both of those guys. And I hope things go well with Ryan Stanley because he's one of my favorite players. Just, just fun to be with. That's all I'll say. I got to meet him once, and he's he seemed like a real stand-up guy. Let's move on to the Brewers. Now, one of their folks uh, <laughs> won a Goofy Gobbler last week, didn't he? When that, no, no, or was he just nominated? It was Mr. Yelich?
1: Uh, no, I believe he won. He won. Okay. And at least I won something.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 yeah, because he was suffered so, suffering so much. Now, if we continue to look at the Brewers, one thing we'll discover is that they did non tender some players. There were some that were not offered an agreement. And that's, uh, let see, Ben Gamel, Alex Claudio, and Jace Peterson. Also, one name we kept hearing a lot too, like, much like Aguilar, said, "Well, Corey Knabel, he's going to be non-tendered, but instead, they did. I guess they signed him and then traded him to the Dodgers." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was. I believe that was move. the last
1: minute, like right at the right at the deadline, too. It,
0: I it was because he, it had already been reported that he was non-tendered. And the report actually came out a little after 8 o'clock. So, oh, 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 sorry, guys. We're we're wrong. Corey actually does have a place somewhere. He's been offered something. It's not actually with the Brewers. He's been moved to the, the Dodgers in agreement with them. So there you go. Next up is the Minnesota Twins, with seven players who are eligible for arbitration this year. And they did make decisions on actually non-tendering a couple of their players that they did not offer contracts to. Let's see, and that's uh, Eddie Rosario and Matt Whistler. It's kind of interesting, too, when you kind of look at the the history of the Twins of some of the people they've non-tendered in the past. I mean, even starting pitchers like uh, Jake Odorizzi, you know, in the past, he was one of them. And looking from their race perspective, reliever Sergio Romo was uh, non-tendered years ago. So it's it's interesting when you look across you know the history much like what happened this December 2nd what happened in previous years and what what those players were able to do once they left there. Now everybody's favorite those savages from New York City the New York Yankees and they've only non-tendered one player that was a right-hand pitcher Jonathan Holder Getting more, you know, but like Aguilar, there was a name that you would hear. I hear Chris Bryant a lot. And then there was another guy we'd hear the name quite a bit, and that was Gary Sanchez.
1: Yes. And before I get into him, the Yankees are award nominated, Goofy Gobbler award nominated, New York Yankees. <laughs> and yes, Gary Sanchez is one of the bigger names out there with non tender candidates. And he was their most notable. And I know a lot of Yankee fans out there, at least I saw on Twitter, they weren't really sure if they wanted him back. They'd rather have their big catcher who was their backup catcher most of this year. I can't think of his name. I apologize. But they they seemed like they were okay with letting Sanchez go, even though, according to some people, Gary is scary. They ended up tendering him a contract along with Luis Cessa and Ben Heller, who were one-year contracts.
0: Well, there you go. All, all that hullabaloo from everybody saying, "Oh, Gary Sanchez, Gary Sanchez, Chris Bryant." Yes what, guys? You know, you had it wrong. Sorry to say, uh, that's why I didn't say anything about it in the past because I knew I would have had it wrong. I would, I would have thought Chris Bryant and Sanchez both would have been non-tendered. So, wasn't complete. I was a little bit surprised when that
1: happened. I was going to say, who Who knows? Maybe Sanchez could be like a trade candidate, like Matthew Boyd, possibly could have been with the Tigers.
0: Well, that's true, and I. I'm wondering, you know, with the Rays, we've been talking before with Mikey Perez going, who are they going to be bringing in as another catcher? And, you know, kind of pose the idea, will somebody be trading for somebody like Wilson Ramos? Ramos, big man, got a few years on him, but still a strong individual. Or, you know, maybe the Yankees could be looking at this and uh, Mr. Sanchez, maybe they they will trade him. I don't know. We'll see. The Oakland Athletics, and they had 10 players who were uh, arbitration eligible. And of all those 10 players, the number of those that they did not tender contract was um, zero. And of the 10 players, four of them actually signed agreements before the non-tender deadline came to play. One of those, let's see, Matt Chapman. Yeah, we remember him. And uh, the other ones they did Let's see Marquino, uh Chris Bassett, Sean Monsey, right hand pitcher Frank Montes, and reliever Lou Trevino. No deals for the remaining six have been announced, but they've been tendered, so that's good. Things are moving along there. The Phillies.
1: Did we skip over the Mets?
0: You know we did. Thank you. Let's bring it back. Da-dum-boom. Sorry.
1: Okay, <laughs> what do you got, What do we got here for the Mets? See, Look at the Mets, they had four players that were non-tendered. That includes pitchers Chazen Shreve, Ariel Jurado, Paul Sawal, and Nick Chopiano. So, Bingo. I apologize if I pronounced any of their names. Oh, I'm apologizing,
0: we know we all get their names wrong. So, no, <laughs> no, that's that's understandable. Yeah, so we're looking at um, see, but the guys they did tender contract to were like Michael Conforto and Brad Nemo. Shortstop, Ahmed uh, Rosario. Starting pitcher, Noah Syndergaard. No surprise there. And relievers, Edwin Diaz and Seth Lugo. So, again, not surprised to see that Noah Syndergaard will still be there. All right. So, sorry, guys. I did skip over the Mets. And then the Phillies, did I say anything about them? I know I was going to, but that's right. Phillies basically had four that were arbitration eligible, and they, I know this much, they did sign catcher Andrew Knapp and right-hander Sir Anthony Dominguez, Zach Elphin, David Hale, and Hector Norris to one-year contracts, and so they were avoiding operation, avoiding arbitration. So, of the four guys that were eligible, they had already gone and signed all this. so there was no reason for anybody
1: to be non-tendered or tendered. Agreements were already in place surprising that Phillies could bring all these guys back, because apparently they lost about $2 billion last year. Oof. I thought that was the tower MLB, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see
0: the parts. Let's, uh, one player I see that's non-tendered, that's Clay Holmes. Yeah, they also DFA'd a guy last week, Will Craig. Uh, moving on to the Padres, one of my favorite teams. And one, I was really curious to see what happened. Because they had six guys who were arbitration eligible, and only one was non tendered, and that's the infielder Greg Garcia. Now, a name that a lot of people thought would be in that non tendered, Tommy Pham. He's had his injuries and all that, even the ones sustained outside a parking lot and strip joint from a knife in the back, which he's listed, I think, as in a lawsuit against that company as a uh, catastrophic. Event or catastrophic injury. If that was the case, I didn't know physically if Tommy'd be able to do anything, but I think he's he said that he is, and I'm sure that. And Tommy's a man of intensity and accomplishment, so I'm sure the Padres said, Well, you know, if anybody come back on this, if he's got any injuries, Tommy certainly will.
1: Yeah, and last year he didn't have his greatest year, he hit only 211. 312 on base percentage, 624 OPS, and 3 homers and 12 RBIs. So that was a bit below average for him, but he also does bring a lot more off the field you know, in that leadership role. That was something we always talk about when he was here with the Rays.
0: No doubt. I mean, leadership and intensity, he demands a lot of himself on the field, and he's not afraid to say that about his teammates either. Some of the other guys with the Padres that are coming back, Right-hand pitchers Dan Altavilla and Zach Davies, Denelson Lemay, and Emilio Pagan. So I hope Emilio continues to do well with his career also, so I'm glad to see he's still with the Padres. Let's move on to the Giants. Who did they non-tender? Lefty Tyler Anderson. you got to love that name. Anybody who has lefty as a name. Lefty Tyler Anderson was non-tendered, and so was infielder Daniel Robertson. And i got to tell you, Daniel Robertson was a guy that I thought continually should have been DFA'd. I think that when he was with the Rays, he was a – I think Cash liked him. The team liked him. He was a very likable guy. But I think Daniel always had difficulty maintaining some you know strong stats to say in the majors.
1: Yeah, everybody really liked him, but it seems like he just – he didn't have what it takes to stay afloat here in the majors and we even in San Francisco.
0: Well, I wish him and lefty, you know, a great success beyond this. Maybe as free agents, they'll see something out there looking at other deals that were negotiated already with the giants. And that's, uh, let's see Alex Dickerson. And then they also have Austin Slater, Darren roof, Arlene Garcia, Wandy Peralta and Trevor Gott. So, that's all happening there too. The Mariners, if we move on to them, I'm seeing that. <laughs> no, they didn't have they didn't tender anybody. They've got uh, they actually had 34 contracts tendered, so <laughs> they're moving along. They don't see any any uh, room for change. Some theoretical stuff's going out there. People saying, well, you know, they might trade or buy for Blake Snell. It's old Blake Snell's old hometown and that sort of thing. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but. That's certainly a part of it. Next, the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Cardinals, Well, can we tell you about them? One fella, Brebbia, he's going to become a free agent with the Cardinals. He's uh, basically, and let's see, him. And one reason they're doing that, they're non-tendering Brebbia, is because he, you see these players that get like Tommy John surgery and all that, and they think, oh, do I want to bring him back? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to offer him a deal worth about 800000 for a new contract. But, you know, instead of bringing him back, they elected to allow him to become a free agent. So best wishes to him as well. Now let's get something where we know you and I both have a little history with the Tampa Bay Rays. And these guys got uh, seven players that were arbitration eligible. And not unlike the Mariners, not unlike the Tigers, not unlike this Red Sox they tendered absolutely no one. So, of the seven players that they could have tendered or non tendered agreement with, basically, they said no. So, a lot of people were looking. I hear some people saying, well, you know, looking at Alvarado and uh, Yanni Torinos between injuries and guys who just haven't been as good as we thought they'd be. Thought maybe they'd, they wouldn't be there. Another one I heard people are saying was G Man Choi. I thought, G Man Choi. No, 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 no. G-Man Choi, you would definitely tender and agree with the man's energy, excitement, what he brings to the bat. And I, I, I know that's not always what everybody expects him to do at play, but he brings an excitement, and he does well, and he does fantastic splits on first base. So he definitely was signed as well. So all you naysayers about G-Man Choi, shame on you.
1: Wait, so they were tendered, or they weren't, or they were non-tendered?
0: They were non tender. They did sign. They, there was nobody was t- non tender. There was no non tenders. Is that a double negative? Can I
1: say that? Oh, uh, uh, okay. I'll throw off for a little bit because like, you know, a lot of guys are letting go.
0: No, no. That was A lot of those. the people I was talking about Alvarado, Yanni Torinos, and Choi, where were, you would hear a lot of commentators. Well, I think they're going to non tender them. You know, this, that, and the other. And it's like, cheese and crackers, man, wake up. No. So I mean I could see why Yanni Torino some might, but I was glad to see that the Rays are going to stick it out with him. Texas Rangers they non-tendered a couple, Danny Santana, and then uh, outfielder Scott Heineman and right-handed reliever Jim Herkert. I'm not going to tell you to see enough about them. See Santana, they say he stood to make the most money in arbitration. Last year, he agreed in arbitration to $3.6 million, But he's also had some Tommy John surgery, and he may or may not have been open, ready for opening day. So Danny Santana, Scott Heinemann, and Jimmy Herget were non-tendered by the Texas Rangers. Don't you find it interesting that the whole idea on December 2nd is not talking about who's been tendered in agreement? It's about who's been non-tendered.
1: Yeah, that is the same it's kind of like a focusing on the negative thing.
0: Yeah. you know, And baseball, I think, sometimes does. But uh, anyway, so that that's who it is for those folks. And then from our friends way up north, of course, this year they weren't quite up as north. They were in, what, Buffalo,
1: the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, looking at the Blue Jays, they non-tendered A.J. Cole and Travis Shaw, another third baseman, and... He's another one of those guys I was talking about earlier that it's like, why would you let him go? He's 30 years old and he ended last year with a 239, 306, 411 slash line with six home runs to go with 17 RBIs and a 717 OPS and only 180 play appearances. And over his career, he averages 26 homers, 83 RBIs, a 243 average, 325 on base percentage and a seven seventy
0: three OPS. Wow, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges there with Travis is you're looking at well, some other players. I mean, not not pitchers, but other players that you you want to probably keep are people like Rowdy Tellez and Vlad Jr. You know, on the roster. And, and I don't know. I mean, they weren't making any other changes out there, but that's probably why Travis Shaw was cut.
1: Yeah, that has to be the only reason because, I mean, he's been, he's been really productive over his career, even last year in a shortened season.
0: We'll see how that plays out next year too. So it's, it's interesting. The Blue Jays, I think, is, they're a team with still a lot of potential. When you think about all the youth they have there with uh, Bobachette and some of the other ones, it's going to be exciting year, I think, for the Blue Jays next year. Lastly, let's take a look for the – World Series winners of not last year, but two years back, the Washington Nationals. I don't have all the information on them, but one of the things to know is that they've got Juan Soto and also Turner are going to be returning. So basically, they're going to have until January 15th to agree to terms on their 2021 salaries. You know, And that's, you know, I was saying February before, but I think it's actually they have to have it done by then. And If they don't have it by then, then it goes to arbitration. So we'll see how that is.
1: Yeah, those two seem like pretty obvious choices to bring back.
0: Yeah, if they didn't bring back either one of those guys, I think you know people would be scratching their heads. I mean, I kept watching Juan Soto so much. He's such an, again, another entertaining player, a high-performance player, exciting, young. You know, I'd keep him, if nothing else, just to trade him. I mean, good heavens, I don't think he'd have any trouble whatsoever getting something for him with another team. i you know, he, he, he's he's fantastic between him and Trey Turner. Wow. Why wouldn't you? I mean, as of the other night, though, they're the only remaining unsigned arbitration eligible players. So everybody else, they've tendered contracts, I guess, to everyone else. But, and I mean to all of them, but Juan Soto and Trey Turner are the only ones who have not yet to actually sign an agreement. So we'll see how that goes. So that's kind of a wrap for the December 2nd, 2020 non-tender deadline, or tender deadline. And what is happening with that? We'll talk a little bit more next week, too, about Rule 5. We're not going to get into that today, but there's a Rule 5 <laughs> deadline, and we'll explain what that means next week. But this week, we still have to look at a lot of people who were already free agents before all this happened. Through this non-tender deadline, there were 59 players who basically have no place to go at the moment. They're all free agents. Talk about sounding negative who have now have new opportunities with some place to go soon. And so that's fifty-nine players out there. Then you have the other players who are already who are free agents who have been established in Major League Baseball for more than six years and are free agents just by that qualification. And there's still some heavy hitters out there. Last week, Brandon, you and I were talking about in 2019, it wasn't until February that Harper, the Phillies, and then Machado you know, both of them didn't sound. Both of them didn't sign until February. So who we got now? Who's on the hot plate? What's cooking, Brandon?
1: Well, it's still been a little bit slow. Of course, we had Charlie Morton sign last week with the Braves. The biggest name that's signed so far has been Eduardo Rodriguez. Of course, the starting pitcher. He signed with the the Red Sox, and he missed last year or this year with complications from having the coronavirus. And he had heart problems, which was a result of that. So he missed this year, and he signed with the Red Sox. And also Trevor May, a reliever, he was with the Twins last year. He reached a two-year deal with the Mets. So he's going to end up pitching in the Big Apple, the first signing of the Steve Cohen era. And Corey Kluber, another big name. He didn't have the greatest year, of course, the past couple years. He's had injury problems but he is having great interest from the Red Sox. And last year he had a major muscle strain that shortened last year, and he's expected to throw bullpen sessions this month, according to John Morosi. But he is being pursued pretty heavily from the Red Sox. So
0: Mr. Cohen with the Mets, he talked about having a blueprint for success. So who all again do you think he's going to try to bring into that roster?
1: I've heard, you know, he's going to try to get, you know, the big four guys going to try and get Bauer in there. Real Muto as well. And he said he's not afraid to spend money and uh, put your money in where your mouth is and get the two, two of the bigger free agents out there, or at least a couple of them. And you turn things around in a hurry.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, the man says he's, I think he's got the money to spend. I think he will. I don't think he's going to worry about too much of a luxury ta- tax, but we'll see how that plays out. And I'm excited about it. So the the hot stove's there. I mean, maybe cooling off. It seems like it gets hot and it, it cools down a little bit and it gets hot again. I'm, from what I've seen in a lot of these agreements, even from the ones that have been tendered in the non-tender agreement and elsewhere, a lot of one-year contracts look like they're evolving here, Brandon. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, a lot of people have been getting the one-year contracts, and of course, that's probably because both sides, players and teams, don't really know what the future uh, financial will be like because coming off the shortened year, how much it'll bounce back over the next coming years. So that seems kind of like a safer option for both teams.
0: You mean for both teams? You mean for both parties?
1: Yes. No. Not teams. No okay, partners. I didn't know you were talking
0: about the Yankees and the Mets. now. but <laughs> seriously, yes, I agreed. Because I, I was wondering, said you know who is who's the advantage to on this the one year contract? I'm hearing it from both sides, like you, because I was wondering. I said, is this something where they're short changing a player? Is this something where players allowing them flexibility? I understand it with somebody like Charlie Morton for a couple of reasons. One, Charlie has said you know he was when he came even to to Tampa, he was talking about potentially retiring, and then also when he goes to someplace else for another year. I mean, he did his two years here, and he may have retired anyway, but I think after World Series and everything else to boot, it, I would love to have kept Charlie here, but obviously didn't. And as long as we're talking about Charlie, I love it that, you know, he he's now with the Braves, and Mr. Darno is still there. So two Rays who are going to be there pitching back and forth through the plate.
1: It could benefit younger guys too, the one-year deals, because they could, you know – be a free agent this year, and maybe had like a good year last year or the year before. And teams could use the, you know, one hit wonder excuse and they could take a prove it deal for one year and have another great year and end up getting even more money when it comes down to it.
0: Well, I wish them all well. And I'm always uh, pulling for both. <laughs> I'm pulling for the fans, man. I'm looking for, I'm pulling for a great experience and whatever happens with these contracts, I'm hoping that, we actually were able to get some fans back into the, the b- ballparks, to the stadiums. I want to be able to make sure that we can enjoy this as much as possible. I've been very thankful that they have been able to play and that we've been able to watch those 60 games as opposed to having a big X shutout for the entire year. So that I'm very thankful for, man. I, I, I don't know about you, but to me, I, I'm not going to be surprised about any kind of agreement. And the one-year agreements in this time, I'm not com- – seem almost i don't know a good fit for a time when you don't know how many games you're going to be playing this year. Well, we hope you've enjoyed yet another good time with Baseball Biz here with Brandon, Mr. Brandon no way that is, and you can find him on Twitter at the sports blitz 1. That's the numeric one, the sports blitz 1, and you can find myself at the baseball biz at both on Twitter. And also, you can listen to us anytime you like on virtually every podcast directory, whether it be Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever we're out there. We want to thank you guys. We love you. And we're really glad to have you here as listeners. We'll hope we we'll see you again next week. And until then, enjoy every day, be safe, and we'll see you soon. Special thanks to x Rux. For the music Rocking Forward. And for our associate producer, Christina Ussi.